Hey, what's going on? Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, it's the last episode of the year, man. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone who's listened to an episode so far, man. Um, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate everyone who, you know, encouraged me to create some content a while ago. You know, people replying to my Snap stories telling me to create a YouTube channel or something, you know, or like all the people who replied to my stories with laughing emojis or, you know, just whatever. Because, you know, I don't really post shit on Snap to be entertaining or to really make people laugh. You know, I was kind of just, I was just talking my shit, you know, and just saying whatever I had to say at the moment. And, you know, to see that was actually entertaining and, you know, funny to people is pretty cool. So, you know, hopefully that same energy can transition to the podcast and yeah you know before we continue you already know who it is though man it's the it's the fresno stallion you know don Cayman. you know the one and only yours truly it's gator and um you know i wanted to just like address an old topic you know something i probably should have talked about like maybe like the third week but like it's something that's you know just kind of been bugging me and you know it's just the LeVar Ball slander. Just not even from the white people, you know, because I don't expect white people to fully be able to grasp the black culture that LeVar Ball is, like, just bringing straight to national television. You know what I mean? But from the black people that are on national television to act like LeVar Ball is not the typical black father at any AAU event or any major pop warner tournament not even a major pop warner tournament i just mean any pop warner tournament or any aau tournament i'm not even speaking of necessarily the big tournaments you know he's just the typical black father that's involved in his child's sports there is no way a person could tell me that he's not i've been to too many events as a kid even growing up to to know i've seen this too many times Like, he's not the only black father who's out here screaming in support of his kid, who's slightly overly obnoxious, who wants nothing but the best for his kid, and is trying to put his kid in the best position to win. And we'll be damned if somebody's hindering his kid's growth. All right. So, in case you're not familiar with, you know, the slandering that's been going on of LeVar Ball, you know, since he took... Well, he's been getting slandered his whole time that he's been getting famous. You know, they've been saying he's too involved in his kids' lives. And, you know, he's forced his kids to play basketball. You know, his kids are scared of him and, you know, those sorts of things, you know. But I'm more so talking about since he pulled LaMelo out of high school and since he pulled LiAngelo out of UCLA. So him pulling LaMelo out of high school something that I have like absolutely no problem with simply because what can you tell me that you learned in high school after 10th grade that is extremely valuable and that you use every day outside in your everyday life like he knows how to read he knows basic math he He's going to be making enough money to where he's not going to be able to keep track of his own money anyway. He's going to have to be using an accountant, like, regardless. 
So him know like his math skills don't have to be extremely on point. He's not gonna be stupid because he doesn't go to eleventh and twelfth grade in high school. And him being homeschooled, I feel like is a good idea simply because he's probably the most famous eleventh grader in the world. Like I don't know another eleventh um, grader that goes to school in heights or that goes to high school in Los Angeles that somebody in fucking Buffalo, New York might be able to name, you know, or like, sorry, somebody in Buffalo, I didn't mean to, you know, downplay all like that, I just mean that, you know, that's a really far gap, you know, niggas in Buffalo are focused on Buffalo, but I guarantee niggas in Buffalo know who LaMelo is, you know what I'm saying? So, I don't feel like him pulling him out of high school is gonna hinder his growth as a human being, necessarily. But, him pulling Leangelo out of UCLA is a different is a different thing, you know. Leangelo isn't the same pro prospect that Leang or Lamelo is, or that you know Zoe was. So, him pulling Leangelo out is a little different. But Leangelo wasn't only gonna be able to leave after one year anyway. So, I think pairing him with his brother on the same team is a good idea simply because who knows his game better than his brother anyway since they've been on the same team for the past their whole life. Anyway, they've been on the same team for AAU forever. LaMelo's been playing up since he was like 7, they said, I if I'm not mistaken. So, and you know, then there's people like Stephen A. Smith saying since he pulled Leangelo out, that's going to ruin his future and he's not going to be able to get drafted at all or have a future in pro sports or anything like that. And I know Stephen A has been doing this a long time, so I mean, I know he's a veteran in the game. But my thing is, as another black man, I just feel like you got to uplift him, you know? Like, there aren't He's creating a, a lane that, you know, no other black man is, is involved in right now. And no one can argue this. He's actually creating a company that can compete with Nike and Under Armour and Adidas. And the company D-Wade's a part of, I don't know how to say it and I don't want to be disrespectful, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Also, Jordan. I didn't think of Jordan initially simply because... Nike started the Jordan brand and I'm speaking more of he's starting his own independent company you know that like from the ground that's just compete that's going to be able to compete with these major corporations simply off of his acts and I have my issue with Stephen A is that he just goes so hard at LeVar you know like I know he has LeVar's phone numbers because they mentioned it the last time LeVar was on the show. So my thing is, don't criticize him as a parent. Don't just flat out go on air saying he's doing the wrong thing and you feel like this is going to end up blowing up in their face and like you hope there's not a 30 for 30 20 years from now and the kids come out and and they're bashing their father. You know, you hope that there's not something like that happening. Like, why even... Why even say that shit? Like, why can't you go on the air 
and you know just spread that black love you know I've been watching a lot of Diddy this year and you know Diddy's Diddy's a nigga I would like to I'd, I'd like to emulate his steps you know if you're gonna emulate somebody emulate someone successful you feel me and I'm and I don't mean copy I just mean grab his blueprint and and put my own twist on it you know what I mean do my own shit create my own empire you know what I mean but that's not the point of this anyways I'm just grabbing some some of that black love that I'm talking about, you know, and that's kind of the whole purpose of this. My thing is, bro, as another black man, get on there and be like, you know, I don't, I might not feel like this is the right decision. Him pulling Lamelo and Leandro out of uh, school and putting them in Lithu- Lithuania, but you know, since he is putting them in Lithuania, I think he should maybe, you know, hire a translator since the coach doesn't speak English. You know, provide some constructive criticism don't just say this shit's gonna blow up in their face provide like helpful solutions i feel like as another black man in the position that you're in we should as black people we should be trying to make sure that we at least get one nigga in there you know what i mean he might not be the best nigga right now but let's get one in there first you know let's get one nigga that's getting in there to compete with these companies like let's get one why is this so hard for black people to support other black people like shit also he has another venture he's trying to start the junior basketball association and again that came up as a topic for all the sports shows on every network and every single person only provided negative criticism not one single person provided any helpful tips hey you know mark jackson's not a coach right now maybe maybe he would be a good hire you know even though that's wild and it's just out there you know what i mean there's plenty of suggestions that could have been said all they suggested were all they said were negative shit like who's he gonna hire how how are, how does he plan on, plan on uh, paying these people these kids? Ten thousand dollars isn't even a lot of money. What are they going to be? Who's going to train these kids? What where are they going to practice? Who's going to finance all this? You know, like just every sort of po- every possible negative that they could point out is all they were pointing out. And my thing is, what if he is planning it correctly? You know. What if he is looking for coaches already? What if he already is partnering with some other people who have money, some other black owners, some other black entrepreneurs, and they want to, you know, start their own team? You know, what if he already is talking to somebody like Master P? And, you know, they already got some business going. Why not be suggestive and, you know, like, name some trainers or, you know, suggest some trainers that are unemployed right now or you know maybe some coaches or some trainers that you know who didn't get a job in the NBA like why not support this black owned business man I know this is this is a lot of of black of black love and just a lot of black power that I'm pushing on y'all right now but it bothers me to see people just bash this man for trying to be an entrepreneur when if this was a white man doing this 
he would have nothing but the utmost support and they would be providing nothing but solutions of how this can go right. They would love if a black or if a white man created an alternative for the NBA. It would be absolutely supported when it was announced that Vic or Vince McMahon was potentially thinking about bringing back the XFL. There were plenty of people on social media encouraging the idea, saying the fucking NFL is trash and that since Kaepernick took a knee, the NFL is garbage and all that kind of shit. Like, that's crazy to me personally. And, you know, it's not even an alternative for the NBA. I misspoke. It's just an alternative for college where kids are being profited off of for their hard work and they're not being paid a dime, you know? So I don't see how skipping college and making up to $10,000 a month is necessarily a terrible idea when if you are going to college, if you're doing a one and done you're going to college for basically three months, maybe four months, and then you're done with college. You're not, then you're done with college. Although the one positive that going to college instead of joining this junior association that I would say is a lot of colleges, D1 major schools, they offer you to come back and they pay for you to get your degree. And that's something that I would say is a a better than going to the junior association. But my thing is, it's for the kids who potentially might not want to go to college or they couldn't get into college. So who cares about necessarily going back to at the time? And hopefully LeVar Ball is thinking about this as well. I feel like he should make it so that the scheduling of it anyway that the kids are able to go back to college if they feel the need to, you know, maybe they have changed their mind midway through the league and they want to get a computer science degree or just a basic AA in something, you know, they can still have that time while also playing in the league and making a decent amount of money at the same time, you know, you know, that's enough love and positivity for right now. Um, since Complex decided they wanted to fuck up and fuck up the best TV show, or not TV show, you know, the best thing they had going on their program, which was Everyday Struggle, you know, the only reason I even tuned in to Complex, usually every day, I tried to watch every day, was to see Everyday Struggle, and you know, they fucked up when they decided they weren't going to re-sign Joe Budden. And I don't understand why they thought that that would be a good idea or who at Complex decided that this would be a good idea. You know, like, who did they think the show was just going to function with? Like, DJ Academics? Like, don't get me too wrong, though. DJ Academics does bring something to the show. Like, he does bring a perspective to the show that is needed. I won't I won't lie because I couldn't think of half the shit he says. I don't even listen to any of the artists that he 
puts on his shit all the time, you know, I, I haven't even heard of Lil Pump's, like, I don't, I've never even listened to Gucci Gang in, in, in its entirety, oh my god, why the fuck am I stuttering so much tonight, I haven't even listened to Gucci Gang in its entirety, like, so, and he just fucking posts all the lils. That nigga posts boom all the fucking time. That nigga be posting Takashi Six Nine and just all the lils, bruh. So he's well informed on all that side of music. I'm like kind of in the middle, more so than he is. I don't really listen. I'm more on Joe's side actually than I would say. So that's why I'm more like, why the fuck did Complex decide that he was gonna? He wasn't valuable and you know I don't you know I don't really trust anybody you know that's kind of an issue that I'm working on but I'll take somebody for their word at what they're giving us I mean I mean I'll take it with a grain of salt simply saying he didn't ask on his podcast he said he didn't ask for anything too outrageous you know what I mean he he said he just asked for a reasonable number a reasonable increase on his original salary and from the start of the show to the end of the show, I feel like both people deserve a raise and the desk of shit deserves a raise. Everybody working on the show deserves a raise. You know what I mean? So I don't understand why they feel like it would be a good idea to not bring back Joe. And now academics is also a renegotiation, but I hope this nigga doesn't resign and him and Joe just go do their own shit somewhere else. Cause I mean, I still would fuck with the show if those two niggas were producing that same sort of content every day. You know what I mean? I still feel like that's a good idea. Speaking on hip hop and everything, you know, it's been a real good year for music, man. Uh, a lot of good music came out, a lot of rap, a lot of R&B. Um, but I wanted to give like a top five and it was just hella hard. So, you know, I really want to know everybody else's top five and how you guys feel about the list and all. But so for my top five rap, I got damn, I got 444. I got rather you than me. I got forever is a mighty long time. And then at five, I think I'm gonna put in flower boy. But I also like Pretty Girls Like Trap Music at 5 as well. A few of my honorable mentions for rap album, though, were uh, No Dope on Sundays, and then Sire, and then Big Fish Theory. I really like those albums, too. But, damn, I feel like it's just... That's just a, that's gonna be a classic album. I feel like 444 is just something all black people need to hear, personally. That's just, I feel like every black person needs to hear 444. I feel like that's specifically talking to black people. Rather you than me, the production on that shit is just fucking spectacular. Santorini Grease, and you just close your eyes and you just play Santorini Grease, you feel like you're somewhere special, my nigga, like somewhere marvelous. You know what I mean? It just sounds good. And then forever is a mighty long time. That is just, that's my shit. I don't know if y'all fuck with Big Crit like that, but Big Crit's, he's good, bro. I suggest that one. And then I, I couldn't really decide, man, between Flower Boy and Pretty Girls Like Trap Music. I, you know what? Fuck it. I, I think I'm gonna put Flower Boy at five. I think I'm putting Flower, Flower Boy at five. Yep. Because I, I do like it better. 
low key though, low key. I low key like it better than Pretty Girls Like Try Music. But for my R&B albums, my favorite album is probably Morning After. Then I got Control. I don't know how to say Daniel Caesar's album title. Fruitian, Fraud, Fraudian, Fraudian. I don't know, blood, but y'all know what it is. And then I got her at four. And then I think I'm going to put Beach House 3 at number five. But at the same time, I just got put on to Mac Ayers. Or I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong, pimp. And that uh, that drive slow is kind of hard. So in all honesty, that might make my top five. So... But as of right now, I got Beach House 3 in there at the fifth position. I did want to give an honorable mention to Heartbreak on a Full Moon, though, as well, simply because I haven't listened to that, but I have seen a lot of good reviews, you know. There's at least two albums worth of songs on there that are hella good, is what I heard, so I should put that in there as well, but I haven't heard it yet, so... When I listen to it, I'll let y'all know what I feel on it. But until then, I'm just giving it an honorable mention. Speaking of the top spot, um, it's a race for the playoffs in the AFC right now, man. It's between the Chargers, the Bills, the Titans, and the Ravens. But the Titans and the Ravens are in the best position right now. But the Chargers can definitely still make it. I, I believe that the Ravens will probably win out and, you know, they'll definitely get a wild card spot because they're the Ravens, you know, John Harbaugh, is it John? Is it John? Yeah, it's John. John is, you know, he's an excellent coach and he somehow always manages to get the most out of the Ravens somehow. The Ravens have a terrible team, I feel like, talent-wise. Not terrible, but this is not a good talent. Their best, not even best. Joe Flacco has been playing like horse ass this whole season picks left and right defense has just been playing mediocre carrying the team but i think they'll still get the spot man but tennessee on the other hand mariota's on clutch mariota mariota i'm not sure how to say his name i see people say it differently on every single network so i'm not really sure if he could like say his name very publicly and like get it clarified that'd be appreciated anyways I definitely think the Titans can lose this week. If the Titans lose this week, then the Chargers win this week. We're in there. And we play the Raiders. Is that this week? If I'm mistaken, I apologize. But I'm pretty sure we play the Raiders this week. And that's a W, nigga. The Raiders are deflated. They're no longer a playoff team. They're not hungry for this W. And on a positive, we beat the Bills a few weeks ago. So even if the Bills win as well, we have the tiebreaker. So we will make the playoffs over the Bills. So that's another positive. It's always nice when your teams start to come together at the right time. Like uh, the Chargers are potentially getting in position to make the playoffs right now. They've done all they can to put themselves in position. As long as we get this W this week, that's all we can ask for, man. And as long as what the, the Titans lose, you know. But more importantly, the Thunder are really coming together right now. We figured out the offense. We don't need Carmelo not moving around. He said publicly he's working on his spacing, his off-ball movement. 
keeping a part of the offense without the ball in his hands. And that's what we need to be a championship team. When he, do, when he didn't have the ball early in the season, he would just stand there and not look involved at all. He wouldn't go through any screens. If you've listened to the podcast, you've heard me complain about it already. Now, taking less shots, he's shooting more efficiently. He's down to like 15 shots a game. That's all he really needs to take. He's our third option. And see, I think initially he had a problem with the fact that he was becoming the third option. And my thing is, you being the one or the first option on all your other teams didn't get you to anything past the Western Conference Finals. So if you couldn't be the one, the first option and get to past the Western Conference Finals, then you should just... Apologies, got a phone call. Then you should just be willing to surrender that position, you know? Like, you shouldn't be so hesitant and laugh at the potential opportunity of coming off the bench and leading the second unit although it doesn't seem like that's necessarily required anymore but I didn't think it was a bad idea when it was brought up it seems to be working out with him still in the starting lineup though him taking less shots more efficient shots and then spacing out the floor just shooting those threes getting those low post shots working on the weaker power forwards pulling out the stronger power forwards, freeing up the floor for uh, Russ and Paul to drive or hit the mid-range jumper, you know? Or drive and kick it down low to my man Steve because Steve has really been emerging in this winning... over this winning streak as well. He's really been emerging as a scoring center, not just a defensive rebounding center. And I think that's also something we really need as well. If Andre Roberson could hit a fucking jumper, we'd be unstoppable, man. That's it. You know, that's all we have for this week. I just wanted to say thanks everyone who's listened to an episode, everybody who's supported an episode. Um, That's the last Swamp Life of the year, man. Um, Hopefully there's many more to come. Not even hopefully. I plan to do this every Tuesday, like I said originally. I hope to spice it up a bit, you know, switch up some segments and everything. Um, Yeah, so keep listening, keep growing. As I continue to grow, hopefully the podcast continues to grow and evolve. Uh, And I hope I can get more interaction. And let me know what you think about my top five. Let me know your top five. Um, My ats have changed now. I just changed it to I am Gator. Um, I realized I had done buckets since like my junior year of high school. When I plan to take John Creese's starting spot, starting point guard spot, and I don't even get to play basketball at all anymore since I moved to Fresno because I don't even know anyone. So it's just Gator now, man. Um, so yeah, I am Gator with one underscore on Instagram. I am Gator with two underscores on Twitter, I believe. And let me know what you think about my top five. Just shoot me some interaction, ask me questions, whatever, man. I'm here for it. And, yeah, hope to see you guys, hear hear from you guys as well in 2018. Hope you guys had a nice 2017. See y'all later, man.